welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Okay, what I want to do is just give you a little um, um, I want to share with you my journey with the prophetic. So I'm going to share some personal kind of prophetic words and hopefully just to let you know how I deal with it um, or dealt with it. It may not be completely right or wrong, um, but it's just to give you some examples for me. So um, for me, I was uh, I grew up in a traditional church, really. So the prophetic was for the Old Testament prophets. Um, nobody ever prophesied in church. My mum... Uh, my dad is not a believer, but my mum would be horrified at the thought of anybody giving a prophetic word to anybody else because she would say, you know, you can't be influenced by other people saying things to you in your life. And so my background was coming from that place. First of all, we don't see the prophetic. And from my family point of view, you can't let anybody influence you. Um, from the outside and tell you what to do so that would be her her approach so when I came to Manchester as a student I I went to a charismatic church which was a a a new church plant so it was quite exciting and I had my own kind of experience of getting baptized in the spirit and growing in charismatic kind of things but we would have still seen prophecy a little bit like Paula Jane described it. There were a few guys, basically they'd had a Pentecostal upbringing, so they kind of got up and started thus uh, the Lord and speaking in a rather strange voice, and um, we recognised which were the people who would prophesy. And quite often in a meeting, somebody would get up and do this pronouncement from the front, and that's fine, they prophets, that's, that's fine. Um, but I had no understanding at all of the kind of level that we're talking about of it, you know creating an encouraging environment and speaking out encouragement and comfort and edification. So my other experience or expectation of the prophetic was I can pretty much guarantee if we're in a meeting and people are picking out people to prophesy over, I will definitely not be chosen. Um, So it's always somebody else that is chosen for the prophetic word. And um, there's lots of reasons for that, but one of the reasons is God just doesn't really have anything to say to me. He's got things to say for the superstars, and God always seems to prophesy over the pastors and whatever, and... So I'd had experiences of those meetings where somebody did have a prophetic gifting and we actually really want it to be us. This part of us really wants it to be us and yet to avoid the disappointment of of the fact it's not you, you kind of start thinking, oh, well, I'm just not, I'm not good enough. God hasn't got anything to say to me. So why I'm saying that is that was my kind of attitude. Not really sure that prophecy is really for today. I'm not really in a position where I think other people should have any influence on me because I'm independent enough to, you know, make my own decisions and not be influenced by anybody else. And God probably hasn't got anything to say to me 
anyway. So there's my, uh, that's the wholesome uh, place that I was when I first uh, came to Kingsway. And when I came to Kingsway, they were really getting into um, the whole Toronto stuff, the rev- all the revival stuff, all the Father Heart stuff. And one of the connections that they made was with this couple called Ivan and Isabel Allen. And within a few months of me being a part of Kingsway, they came over. And everybody was really excited about them coming over. And um, this amazing thing was going to happen. So uh, what would happen is that you could get an appointment for a prophetic word. Well, my response to that would be, well, I won't get an appointment because God won't have anything to say to me. Um, But for some reason, probably because I was encouraged to do it, um, I did make an appointment to um, get a prophetic word. And I have to say, these guys, they'd spoken in church. I did, I did like them. Um, I, I think the way they spoke was, was really good. And, and you could tell the way that they ministered, that they were not, they couldn't make it up. If, uh, it, do you know who I'm talking about? Have you ever heard them or met them? Ivan and Isabel Allen. No. These guys will prophesy for hours and hours and hours and hours. And I'm not... I'm not exaggerating. They will just prophesy one after the other, after the other, after the other. Physically, you couldn't do it. I mean, you just couldn't do it, but they can do it. So there's something about the way that they minister in the spirit and they give of themselves that is really attractive. I mean, it's you think there's something about these people. I'd kind of made my own opinion about them because Isabel, um, obviously was naturally gifted as a as a prophet and she would have um she would describe herself as a seer s double e e r which means somebody who's born with that kind of gifting um so i was quite impressed with her because she she seemed like she was the real deal her husband just didn't seem to really have it he would say he learned to prophesy so i wasn't very impressed with him so anyway, I get my 20-minute appointment and um, go around to, I think it was June's house, her old house at that time, and I'd come from work, so I was, you know, straight in from work, and um, this 20-minute appointment, I walk into it. Actually, I'm scared because I've never had a prophetic word. I don't think I really believe it anyway. I'm new to the church. I don't... I, there were lots of things going on, and so I walk in, as I walk in the room, Isabel gets up and walks out of the room. And I'm like, just a minute. The, the, the good ones just walked out of the room. And I'm left with this kind of duffer who's going to give me a prophetic word. That's what I was thinking. Okay. I know them. I love them both. And um, I was very wrong about him. But that's what I thought. And basically, in this 20-minute appointment... Um, Isabel never came back so it was only Ivan and he, I think he gave me like a five minute prophetic word and what I can remember of that prophetic word what I could remember okay, I've got it recorded, I know exactly what it says but when I came out of the room 
I could only remember one or two things. And basically, all I could think of is, I've got to get out of here before I start crying because I don't want to embarrass myself in front of these people that I'm new in this church. And um, I, remember, I remember Sharon saying to me, can you, take, can you take Irving home on your way home? And I'm like, I don't think I can keep the tears in long enough to drive Irving home because I'm just going to cry about this evidence that I have that God really had nothing to say to me anyway. So all I heard of this prophetic uh, message was God thinks that I'm depressed and um, I should have been a children's worker. In my mind, that's all I can hear. God thinks I'm depressed and I should have been a children's worker and I've completely failed. God didn't say that. I just thought that's what, that's what it was said. So I took Irving home and cried for the rest of the way home and kind of had this, see God, I knew you wouldn't have anything nice to say to me anyway and this is such a waste of time. And uh, it was really bad. And... Um, so we had an evening meeting that meeting because they were doing prophetic words in the afternoon and then teaching and I didn't want to go I didn't want to go because my face was so red I just thought it's going to be so embarrassing walking in with my face so red and um, so I um, I eventually decided what I would do is listen again to the word because we had it on a tape at that time and they know I, what tape is. yeah, they know what a cassette tape is. Yeah, <laughs> a big white cassette tape. And um, before I went to the meeting, in between the sobs of disappointment, I wrote out this prophetic word. And I, I actually gave myself quite a talking to. I told myself off because my reaction to the prophetic word was entirely based on my attitude. And my attitude was, God's not going to speak to me anyway. There's only one decent prophet here, and she just walked out of the room. Um, and all of this kind of negativity. And so I heard what God said through my own expectation of negativity. And I, I could play it to you, but I won't. Um, it says something like, um, he said something like, I feel like, I feel like the, there's been times in your life when it's almost like a postman has posted something through the letterbox that has made you depressed. He said, I'm not calling you depressed. I'm not saying you've got an issue with depression, but you have moments and times in life where out of the blue it seems like this depression is posted through the door. And um, that actually was true. I, I think that was probably true. Um, but that's all I could remember. Oh, great, God. God thinks I'm depressed. Um, thanks, God. Actually, what the prophetic word was, and God says that has come to an end. That was the prophetic word, but I didn't hear that. I heard the God see, you know, it's almost like a postman is posting something through the door, and it's a depression that comes upon you for no reason. That's what I heard. I didn't hear that, and God says that has come to an end. Because... I'm not impressed by him because she's the one that's got the, you know, and she walked out, which is just typical because God isn't going to have anything good for me kind of thing. And then um, there was something like, um, uh, he, 
uh, he said to me, um, are you married? And I said, no. And then he said, uh, have you got children? No, he said something like, have you got children? I said, no. He said, are you married? I said, no. And then he said, do you want children? And I said, no. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh, great. Here it is, single woman in church. Better be a Sunday school teacher. You know, and I was just so offended by him because it's like so typical, isn't it? You see a single woman and you think, I want to be a Sunday school teacher. Okay, that's just what I was thinking at that time. So I had a bit of an issue with this whole issue of, why is it people always think single women want to be surrounded by children? You know, it's kind of a bit of a <laughs> thing for me. So I'm like, thanks, God, thanks, God. If you'd have wanted me to be a Sunday school teacher, why didn't you tell me years ago? And I, that's just how I responded to it. Um, so I went through this word. I wrote it down word for word. I probably still have that piece of paper. It's still got the teardrops on it from my writing it in a green felt tip pen and and he said I see you surrounded by children and the guy obviously was a bit thinking I'm not getting anywhere and I'm just like great surrounded by children that's typical for you know a single woman kind of all this attitude going on and then there was quite another things and a, a few other things and there was this time where he said it's time for breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And I, and literally, I wrote in my, I wrote in my book at that time. So I wrote out the prophetic word, and I wrote these sentences to myself. Rebecca, what is wrong with breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough? Nothing, right? What is wrong with depression coming to an end? Nothing, right? Fantastic. Uh, what is wrong with being surrounded by children? Nothing. I don't dislike children, nothing. So I actually went through this prophetic word and told myself off about it. I, I, you know, so I just tried to get my attitude right about it. And I think that's, I'm sure we've talked about this, but I'm going to probably repeat some things. But one of the things about a prophetic word is, um, I think Ivan and Isabel say, it's an offer from God. So God has not, set out your life and you have a prophetic word that says you will be an airline pilot and then that's the only thing that God wants you to do and if you don't do that then you're out of his will it, it, it's like an offer that probably wasn't a good example but it's an offer and God is, is making an offer and basically you, you don't have to take the offer it's not a it's not a compulsory thing it's not a this is what I want for you, and you either choose it or you don't choose it. It's this is a possibility. That there are other possibilities in life, and and it doesn't really matter which one it goes. But it's a possibility. But I would say with the prophetic is, as with all things in God, nothing works in the kingdom except by faith. So healing is ours, but we don't get healed if you don't exercise faith salvation is ours you don't get saved if you don't exercise faith what is faith it is your response to what god has done so it's a response that comes from you so i think prophetic words need a response now that doesn't mean to say you make it happen but it just requires a response a heart response and that heart response can be any number of things it can be no thank you 
and, and no thank you is is really okay. So if you get a well, well, one one response can be no, that's not that's not. I don't have any understanding that that has got anything to do with me. In which case, ditch it. Don't even deal with it. If it, you know, if you know, if God says, um, if if somebody says, you know, God says you're going to go to uh, live with the Eskimos in uh, the Arctic, and you just don't want to do it, then you know that's. Or God says you're going to marry somebody's wife, that's completely not possible. Then you know you, that's a no. But there are some possibilities of. Sorry, I didn't make that really clear. If somebody prophesies over you and it is unbiblical, ungodly, untrue, not godlike, then you dismiss it, okay? So if God says, uh, you know, you're going to marry somebody's wife and they're still married, that is not, that is a prophecy that the answer is no, okay? It's not a, oh, that's interesting, what's going to happen to them? It's a no, because that is not ever what, what uh, God would say, okay? And if, if somebody's saying that, then you di- you know you you don't agree with that. Um, if you're within the realm of possibilities of things that are godly, good, possible, then you still can have a response to it, and that response doesn't have to be yes, because it's an it's an offer, it's an opportunity for you. So I think prophetic words. I'm not talking about prophetic words that say, "Oh, you're lovely and beautiful and whatever." I'm talking about prophetic words that say. God sees you going to the nations. You can say no to that. And, and it, it really is okay with God if you say no. God isn't saying this is what life should look like and if you don't do it. He's just saying this is a possibility for you. And what I think when it comes to prophetic word is it, it, the, it, they require a response. And that response can be, Yes, but I've no idea how that is going to work out. I I can't do anything about that. I can't, uh, you know. There's there's nothing in my situation at the moment that makes me think that's possible. But that's a yes, and there is a, p- a power in agreement. So you're already setting off the faith that 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 makes things work in the kingdom, and. I think there are times in our lives where we have received a prophetic word and the answer, if the answer is no, that's fine. It's just a no. It doesn't mean to say God might not offer it you again. He could make you another offer and he might tell you in another 10 years, you know, go to the nations, according to the nations, there's stuff in the nations. And you can say yes or no. It's, it's, not, it's not a big pressurizing thing. But I think the question is, if, if you say yes, then, then what do you do about it? And I think just by saying yes inside, you've already done the majority of what you need to do. Um, so I've got a prophetic word from Ivan and Isabel that says, Germany will be a very significant country for me. Um, along with another set of countries. Now, um, I could have responded to that prophetic word by starting to learn German, for example. I'm not starting to learn German to force God's hand to make something happen. It's just we can equip ourselves to be more effective, like Phil was saying. 
if God's called you to be a worship leader or says worship's in you, then do something about it. You know, buy a guitar, whatever. So um, we can respond to prophetic words. Of course, I was responding by through my own negativity and, you know. God was really gracious to me. Um, and I think probably somebody had recognized that I was um, very unhappy about my prophetic word. And I'd also been a bit shortchanged because they were giving everybody 20 minutes and I literally had about four and a half minutes and I was out of there. So um, I think um, what happened was um, I... Um, anyway, I went to the meeting that night. I couldn't stop crying the whole meeting because I was just so upset with everything and God. And I think people, of course, realized I was upset. And then the following meeting, it was the last, um, it was the last meeting. The following night was the last meeting. And as was often the case, I was on call at work until eight o'clock. But I knew that if I left at eight, I could get to the meeting in time for a, you know, it would be worthwhile to go. And this, so I was ready, I'd got everything with me, I wasn't going to go home, I was going to leave work and go to the meeting. And very, very unusually in that particular job, at five minutes to eight, we got a, an arrest call, a crash call, to say somebody had, you know, needed resuscitating. Well, there was no way I was going to be out of the hospital by eight o'clock. So I was a bit disappointed and frustrated and and so I you you get a bit uh, I was a bit sensitive about people being a bit smart because I would quite often turn up to meetings late because of work and somebody would always say something to me like oh we just finished or what kept you and I just thought I'm not going to go I'm not going to turn up to this meeting at quarter to 10 or half past 9 and have somebody say some smart word to me and I'm already you know tired from working all day so I set off home and then I thought you know what Rebecca why don't you just go it doesn't really matter so I turned around drove down here and um, when I walked in the door the meeting had ended and um, somebody turned around to me and said oh you're a bit late and I'm like oh, how lovely and um Isabel then saw me and turned to me and said, oh, I've got a word for you, which had never happened in my life. I mean, I was never the one that was picked out. And she then prophesied over me, which I was really happy about because here's the real prophet prophesying over me. And um, actually what had happened is Sharon or June or somebody had asked her to prophesy over me if I was at the meeting. But of course I wasn't at the meeting because I was at work. So I'm not saying it wasn't a God thing, but... I'm just not, I'm not making out that it was a real kind of, it was a setup from that point of view, except at least I had heard God to turn around and go to the meeting. Of course, I loved what she kind of prophesied. Um, she prophesied longer. Um, but the really interesting thing is, when I wrote out her prophecy, it was almost exactly the same as what Irvin had said said in a different way, her English is different, her expression is different, but it was almost exactly the same thing. I see breakthrough, 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 I see this, I see that, um, something's come to an end that's been bothering you for some time, almost exactly the same. 
So I, I found it really encouraging because I thought, first of all, God, I'm really sorry for my stinking attitude. So it kind of, I mean, it, I, you just realize when we have that attitude towards God and other people who are ministering God's love, it's never going to be good for us. Because, not because they're not good, not because God's not good, just because our, the ground of our heart can really affect what we hear and how we hear it. And um, a few years ago in Malaysia, you know, I'm sitting there, I've got three kids on my back, six kids around on the floor, don't know how many other kids around me. And, and God kind of, you know, just says, you know, I see you surrounded by children. It reminds me, and I'm like, funny, God, you're very funny. Because it, it, it didn't mean what I thought it meant. It didn't mean thou shalt be a Sunday school teacher. It didn't mean you shall get married and have 20 children. It didn't mean go and be a primary school teacher. It didn't mean anything. And in fact, when I got that word, I, I didn't even want it, to be honest. I mean, I, I just wasn't the kind of person that felt the need to be surrounded by children. So it, it just... I didn't do anything with that part of the of the word. But it was true. And I, I in Malaysia and different places, I was often surrounded by children. I'm not often surrounded by children in England. It's really weird, but I don't know if it's the same for you in, in Africa. I mean, it, it's, it happens a lot. And, um, you know, I've got loads of children in Asia who I'm really close to. And um, so it was true. I didn't do anything to make it happen. Um, God didn't even have to tell me that, but it was just a part of it. It was true, and and I think sometimes we don't really have to do anything. God is just telling us because He's our friend, and it's just part of who He sees us as. It's not to give us a load of pressure to do anything. It's just that's what I see. I'm I can see this, um. So. I think what I'm trying to say is we can have different responses to the prophetic. Um, I, I, a few years earlier, this is not quite a prophetic word, I don't think, but I just want to give you a, another example of a, a kind of response. So, um, okay. For various reasons, I had ended up on my own at a conference in Indonesia. And... I had no idea about this conference. I'd been invited to go by somebody that I didn't really know who subsequently then didn't go to the conference themselves. So I was kind of stuck going to this conference that I didn't know anything about on my own. And the only reason I ever decided to go to the conference because I wanted to go with the person who asked me to go. So that's, <laughs> that's the situation. So here I am at this conference. This is before. This is, you know, they're all mad. These people are all completely mad. They're like really into intercession and all this kind of banners and stamping on the devil and declarations of this and that. And I'm in this meeting going like, ah, God, God, please, what am I doing here? Because I'm... Uh, and, and then I, I had this, I actually had an amazing encounter with God. And I always say at that, at that meeting, I was born again, again, because I had this amazing encounter with God. And I loved it. I loved seeing people who lived the life. I mean, these guys, 
There's a guy called Zacharias Fomum who has died now, but he was a pastor in the Cameroon. And, you know, he's like, they did four, three 40-day fasts a year. And, you know, they prayed for their city. And this half of the city didn't have, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't. Nobody was saved, and this half was saved. So they went up to the mountain and prayed for how many days. And it, it completely blew my mind. And all this stuff now, I've got a different opinion about all that stuff now. But this was then. And it was, like, amazing, these people who were just, like, really on it for uh, for Jesus and praying. And the, the one lady spoke about intimacy, and I'd never really thought you could be intimate with God because I was too busy at work to be intimate and... It was just a really amazing time. But at the end of the day, I, I, I felt like, these guys are weird. And somebody would come to me and said, oh, I can really see that there's, you know, you're an intercessor. And I'm like, uh, no, I am not an intercessor. Thank you very much. And she said, um, oh, yes, I can see this spirit of intercession on you. And I said to her, in that case, I'm the quietest intercessor on the face of this earth because I'm thinking they're all screaming and wailing. It's an international conference, so there were lots of different nationalities, and I'm standing at the back thinking, get me out of here, God, please get me out of here. Anyway, I got on the plane to go home on my own, and it's not an audible voice. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was probably the clearest out of the blue voice that I ever heard from God and I really felt God say to me you will be on the board of directors of this organisation and I didn't quite laugh but it's like that is ridiculous first of all I don't want to be on the board of directors Okay, I'm not interested in the politics of religious organisations I am not a pastor, a church leader. I've never led a cell group. I've never done anything. I have no qualifications in this religious system for doing anything. And this is an organization that's in America. God, by the way. But when God said to me, you'll be on the board of directors, I knew it was true. It's like, I know. I know that. And I decided on the plane that I would never tell anybody that that ever not ever (laughs) I would never tell anybody that Uh, so I just made the decision and I just said to God God I know that is true but I will not do anything to make that happen so I had an agreement with God because I thought I'm just not going to do it I'm not going to promote myself I'm not going to tell anybody because you can manipulate with prophetic words I could have gone to the, you know, the director of the organisation and said, hey, I got this amazing prophetic word on the plane on the way home and God told me I'm going to be on your board of directors. Manipulative. God had told me. Okay, he had. But we can still manipulate with what gifts God gives us. And I think it, it, uh, there's nothing wrong with sharing. I would really say you share your prophetic words. Okay, this particular word... I just knew I had to keep to myself. But in general, I think the best thing to do with prophetic words is share them. Share them with somebody you respect. Just say, this is the word I got, what do you think? Not to ask their permission, but just to ask another opinion. Just to be accountable and open with it. Which is why I don't... I I, I like, you know, when we're prophesying together and, you know, in, in churches or whatever. I like it to be spoken and heard. 
So we had one kind of one particular person who loved to whisper. Well, we've had a few that love to whisper prophetic words into somebody's ear. Okay, we don't whisper prophetic ears into people's prophetic words into people's ears because it's public and open, and there's no shame in what you're saying. Okay, it's it's God. It's there's nothing secret about the prophetic. Anyway, back to my story. Um, the years went by. I got a bit more connected with the organisation. I kind of connected with a Jamaican pastor from Miami and spent a bit of time with her and um, just got a bit more, went to another conference, I took someone else to the conference, I just connected a little bit with them and they did something else in Indonesia and and the, the person who was helping run the conference in Indonesia was a really young girl who'd got no experience of being overseas and she couldn't do it so I ended up taking over the running of this conference just helping the person running it with the money and just just practically helping that's all all I did because I was still not an intercessor I didn't couldn't do anything spiritual but I could help her on the registration desk and help her keep the money and count the money and deal with people in the hotel so I did that and um um Anyway, probably later that year or, or the year after that, out of the blue, the, the lady that, who was running the organization, the president of the organization, phones me from America. She says, Rebecca, I'm not sure how you're going to take this. And I thought, I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. And she said, it, it, it's probably going to come as a bit of a surprise to you, but I want to ask you a really serious question. I said, yeah, I know you do. And she said, um, would you consider being on our board of directors? And it was like, and I said to her, I said to her, um, do you want me to answer that or do you want me to think about it? She said, oh, well, I'm sure you'll want to think about it and whatever, whatever. I said, well, the answer's yes, because whatever. I still didn't have to say yes. But it's just, it was just quite interesting how I couldn't manipulate that to happen. Um, but when she said, when she asked me, I would have said no. Had, she, had God not said to me, I would have definitely said no. Um, I was only on the board for two years. I have no idea why I was on the board. It, <laughs> I was probably... But anyway, God knows what he's doing. And it, I do know why I was on the board, because it eventually was part of the reason why I ended up going to Malaysia. Um, so it, it's not because I was going to be an amazing board member. It's not because I had a great kind of knowledge to give about, you know... It was just, it's just this step-by-step step in your life. And God had told me four or five years earlier that that's what would happen. Um, before I ever really knew how to hear God. So um, some of the things that God tells you, you really don't have to tell people. You know, if God tells you that you're going to be the next pastor of Kingsway, fantastic. That would be awesome. But, you know, you really don't have to go make an appointment with Andy tomorrow and say say that because it just doesn't help anything because if God has said it it doesn't God doesn't require you to make it happen I'm not saying you can't equip yourself there's a difference between you making something happen and equipping yourself so you know if God says you know you're going to be a prime minister of England probably you might want to get involved in politics probably you might want to 
maybe do some work with one of the parties or you know so there's a difference between positioning yourself to be in that place where God can and manipulating to make it happen and I would say don't manipulate to make stuff happen because it could happen out of the right timing it could happen and you've actually not really understood what God was saying so maybe I think well God sees me surrounded by children I'd better definitely go and adopt some children then and there's nothing wrong with me going to adopt children but that might not have been what God was actually saying and I think often we don't really understand what God is saying we interpret what we think God is saying and um so um just another couple of another couple of examples um the next year Ivan and Isabel came back and Isabel prophesied over me and at that time they didn't know me and they didn't know that I was a doctor and um she said to me something like she said I don't know what you do in the world but whatever you do in the world it's very important and um she said she said um god is saying don't set your sights in it forever do you understand that don't don't set your whole future in that you know forever and then she said because you're important in the kingdom and there's stuff in the kingdom kind of thing now i was quite happy with that because I'd always thought I'd be a missionary doctor. I'd always thought I won't work for the National Health Service forever. I've got more exciting things to do than that. So I agreed with that, but I didn't really think it was going to be a significant thing. It's just like, yeah, I'm not going to set my heart on being a consultant surgeon in Manchester. Maybe I'll be a whatever. And um, I'm not sure if you're picking up, but I can quote my prophetic words almost word for word. And the reason I can do that is because I've listened to them and I've written them down and I've agreed with them or not agreed with them. And it's not because I, I live my life on them, but I value it. I value God's opinion. And I think sometimes we do have prophetic words or we get so used to it. We don't document it and we don't. We don't. But... I do, and, and I do go back to it. And they're probably on my phone. I could probably play it to you because God's taken the effort of telling somebody to that to me. And, and of course, I'm talking about these kind of more, more directional prophetic words or more, I mean, I'm not talking about you're beautiful and you're loved and whatever I'm talking about. This is part of who you are. Um, so I'll tell you the story in a couple of weeks, but when it came to thinking... Um, God saying not medicine anymore that prophetic word suddenly had a massive value because God had said to me don't set your sights in it forever he didn't say don't do it anymore he didn't say you shouldn't have done it he didn't say anything he just said don't set your sights in it forever so I'm already in a position of saying God is there something else I'm preparing my heart for is there something else I can't see anything else at the moment, but is there something else? And um, even now, kind of currently, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering another part of, of that prophetic word. So somewhere in, in all of that, um, at some point, they came about three years cons consecutively. So I think we've all got three prophecies from Ivan and Isabel. By this time, I knew them, and, and Ivan 
said to me a similar thing. He said, um, God has other things for you. And he said to me, but don't throw away your doctor's bag. And for the last 10 years, I have completely dismissed that part of the prophecy as wrong. Like, just like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not having that. I've given up medicine and I'm not having that kind of thing. But it does still sometimes ring around my head, the fact that, uh, that Ivan did say to me, but don't throw away your doctor's bag. And, um, I mean, I've again, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, but I've been through a massive journey of completely medicine, completely not medicine, to, you know, there's something uh, in between here. And even in these few weeks, you know, I'm thinking, well, is there something in medicine for me? And, I, and there's that bit of that prophetic word that says don't throw away your doctor's bag, that is kind of allowing me to think, well, God, could you be saying something? I've actually rejected that bit of the prophetic word because as far as I was concerned, I, I didn't need a backup plan to keep medicine, you know, for that. But then it's like, well, it's interesting, isn't it? It's just really interesting. And um, so there's another couple of things that I just want to just um, illustrate what we've been talking about really um, I've got a prophetic word that says I will be waken up, woken up in the night by dreams and visions and that I'll write down revelation from God never happened never ever happened what do I do about that well, could be wrong maybe I'm not that kind of person I mean, you can't make yourself get woken up at night with dreams and visions and revelation coming from heaven, can you? Unless you, don't know, take drugs before you go to sleep or something. But, um, you know, I cannot make that happen. That is something that is entirely on God's hands. Um, I'm quite happy. God wants to wake me up in the middle of the night with dreams and revelations and I write down wisdom. I'd, I'd actually quite like that. Um, so once in a while... I just have this little chat with God and say, hey God, you promised dreams and revelations in the night. Um, I didn't see it yet. And I think that's, that's quite a reasonable response to a prophetic word. Not the crushing disappointment of God, you said I would be married when I'm 33 and I'm not, and I'm disappointed with you and I'm disappointed with life and I'm not going to... It's not that. I'm not saying, God, you said I'd be woken up with dreams and visions and I'm not and you're a liar. And That's not the response. It's almost like, God, come on, God. There's a lot in these prophetic words that has happened, but this has never happened. So um, what's, what's the deal? Here I am. Uh, uh, where, where's the dreams and prophetic revelation? I might never get it. It might not be true. I might never get it. But I'm not disappointed that it didn't happen yet because, because it just didn't happen yet. God is true. I, I, I can understand all the issues with that. Maybe they didn't hear right. Maybe I didn't understand right. Maybe it's not time. Maybe who knows what. But I think it, it's devastating to get disappointed by prophetic words. And, and if you're disappointed by a prophetic word, it, it is not that you have failed or God has failed. So it's not that you didn't do good enough to get where God wanted you to be, nor is it that God didn't do what he said he would do. It has to be misunderstanding somewhere along the line, timing or misunderstanding. And 
I just think you hold it lightly and yet you work with an open heart to it. So I have another prophetic word, which I, I will tell you. I'm a bit embarrassed to tell you this because it's a bit more kind of, um, a, it's not personal, personal. But um, So I had a prophetic word from Isabel, I think, in one of these times. And she said to me something like, she said, Rebecca, I really see worship over you. She said, and there's going to be, there's, God is going to do something through you whereby something that comes out of your mouth will minister to people in worship and you, um, it's just something that God is going to do. Okay. Well, I actually agree with that. I agree with it because I think it's a great thing to happen. It's, it's great. I'd love it that, I mean, one of my prayers for my, Life, really, for a long time has been, God, give me words that set people free. That would be, people say, what do you want to do with your life? I'd say, I want words that set people free. So what do I do with this? Um, you know, about this thing about worship. I, I think it was probably about singing, I'm not sure. But um, it was just about worship, about God healing people because of a sound that came out of my voice. Well, that was 10 years ago, right? Or more than 10 years ago. And it still is like this this thing of, well, God, I'd really love that to happen. I think it's great. I'd love to have people healed, not because of me, but because God said that kind of thing. But you see, what happens is, and sometimes if you're not careful, I think sometimes if there is, a, if there is something on your life that God has spoken, there can be opposition to it. There can be times when you give it up, when you shouldn't give it up, and you need to keep hold of it by faith, just by, God, you said this. So um, I went away for seven or eight years. Um, according to the requirements for worship leaders within that ministry, I was disqualified, okay? So I, I spent seven years of, of, you know, time away or eight years where I was just disqualified from having any opportunity, not any opportunity, that's not entirely true, because I did the, that, I, the worst some things that I did. Okay, but from point of view, standing, standing on a stage and being part of the worship team, that was not going to be possible for me. So you kind of think about, well, God, what are you talking about? What, what, what's this about? And if, if you ask me naturally, what is my natural kind of experience of worship leading and being part of the worship team at church say it's never really been great you know when I was in the other church I once went to the I got involved in the worship and I once went to the worship leader and I said to him I get this feeling that you don't really want me on the team and he said yeah I don't so that's my experience of you know that I'm not really wanted and I'm not really a part of it and so I've got lots and lots and lots of experience that says you know, don't do it, don't do it, don't make yourself vulnerable, don't, you know, they don't really want you, you're not really that good, uh, you don't have what it takes, all this kind of stuff that we put in our heads about it. But there's a part of me thinks, but God said, that's what God said, that there'd be something that would set people free. That's a spiritual dynamic I cannot make happen, but I can certainly make sure it doesn't happen. So I can make sure it doesn't happen by 
never choosing ever to sing or do anything in public or be part of worship. I can guarantee it won't happen. Um, but I can't make it happen. That's something that God does. So then, you know, more recently, you get all these get over all of our hang-ups, don't we, about, you know, I'm, I'm not that great, I can't really you know, can't really play the guitar, can't I can't lead worship, I can't fit in with this, blah 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 blah. Maybe you don't have any blah blahs in your own head, but I've got quite a lot of ways of disqualifying myself. So Andy a f- few months ago was saying, right, we're gonna have another redo of worship teams. If anybody wants to be involved in worship, let's start again. Let's you know, come together. Anybody who hasn't been you know, so and I just thought I feel embarrassed, God. I feel embarrassed putting myself forward. I feel embarrassed because I don't really feel that I fit. I'm not, you know, like... Anyway, I won't tell you all the things I'm not because it doesn't matter, but there's plenty of things that I'm not. Um, but I just thought, as, a, as an act of faith, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it because that's what you said, God, and that's why I'm doing it. And it's just really interesting. Now, I don't know know whether anybody yet is set free by listening to me sing or whether anybody ever will but I know they won't if I never do it so we really do have to put faith in what we what we are doing and um, I'm very sure that it's not it's God is talking about a spiritual dynamic it's not that I've got such an amazing gifting of singing that it definitely it's not that it's God God is just going to do something but unless I make myself available for that, it's never going to happen. And I think that's the thing with the prophetic. It takes faith to do it. And it sometimes takes us getting over ourselves or getting, you know, just just giving up on our own hang-ups and our own issues. Because it's just really not about us. It's about what God says. And sometimes we put ourselves so much in between what God says and God knows. He knows who we are, and he actually knows who we're not. And I think many times, I've spent years and years of my life saying to God, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And um, God's not actually very interested in what you're not, because God didn't make you to be something, somebody, and with a purpose. And he didn't realize all the nots. He knows the nots. He, he he made a way for the knots to not be an issue. And um, in fact, when I first started, when I first came back and started getting a bit involved with school, the, God said to me, you know, stop thinking about the knots. We, we spend so much time thinking about the knots rather than that I am. We find it much easier to say, I'm not, but I'm not this, I'm not loud, I'm not this, I'm not, you know, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that. And we identify ourselves with what we're not, which is why we actually struggle a bit with the prophetic. Because God does not talk to us in terms of what we're not. He talks to us in terms of what we are. Which is why if we're really honest about it, and I will just be honest about myself, I would actually find it easier to tell somebody their faults or what I see with them about things they struggle with than I do to prophesy over them. Maybe I'm just that kind of a person but maybe I'm just honest. We're quite good at saying, ah, I can see an issue here that you probably need to deal with. Of course I do it in a lovely Christian way. Um, but we find it easier 
because we don't enjoy the culture of prophecy. We, we find it difficult to receive it because we, we in our own internal mind set often spend a lot of our life dwelling in what we're not, dwelling in who we aren't, dwelling in what we can't do, dwelling in how we failed at something, dwelling in how... And I think one of the really... Which is why I couldn't take the prophetic word from the beginning because I wasn't this and I wasn't that. And I think one of the whole things about this whole prophetic culture and prophetic lifestyle and prophetic way of expressing ourselves and why we struggle with it, and I struggled with it a massive amount, is because we, we live in this realm that isn't really that godly realm. And God, the godly realm actually is God saying, you're awesome, you're beautiful, you can do it. I can see you doing this. I've got this great plan. You know, you can go to the nations and whatever. And that's what God's doing every day, every day. And we're going, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And um, I think once we get out of the not and um, just start saying, okay, God, I, I don't get it. I don't really see that you're going to heal people with something coming out of my voice. But you know what? I think that'd be great. I think it'd be awesome. So... <coughs> get to hear me sing once in a while because I'm trusting God that, that he is going to do what he said he would do um, I think that's all I've got to say so faith and agreement are really important positioning yourself but not manipulating I would say and don't get disappointed just don't get disappointed and if you start feeling disappointed deal with it because it doesn't come from God don't let it get in. Do not let it get in. Um, deal with it however you want to deal with it. Say to somebody, go to somebody and say, I'm feeling disappointed about this. Help me get out of it. Because disappointment is a killer. It's awful. God did not give us words to make us disappointed. It, it, it stops us from being who we really are. And, um, and um, sometimes if we're disappointed, then just forgive God. I got out of a massive issue in my life by forgive, forgiving God because I was disappointed in him. So don't do it. Just don't go there. It's, it, oh, it's horrible. Do not spend your Christian life in disappointment. Paula Jane. Oh, I was just going to point out, I don't know whether you, you might not have this on there, but I was just going to point out Sunday, and the worship on Sunday, how, um, you know, the song you sang at the last bit, the I'm Not Disappointed With mm -hmm. You. Um, I've, we've had feedback from people and one of the feedbacks was that they, they really felt that it was the mother heart of God singing over the congregation um, and it, you singing it made, made that sort of shift from, from the father heart to the mother heart and they, they, they were blessed um, and they just felt like it was like a comforting um, you know the mother, mother heart the mother side of God singing over us mm -hmm. um, it, he's not disappointed or she's not disappointed um, so I think you've already stepped into that prophecy. I think it, yeah, it started on Sunday. If it didn't start before, you've already. But you know, I could very easily, I could really easily be still in the place. Of, I'm not wanted. I don't really fit in with the worship team. I'm not that great. I don't. I can't do all this stuff that they can do. And I could live there. That's not because God's a liar. It's because I'm just not willing to just do what... Not, it's not even do anything. It's just stop living in the rubbish. And I think a lot of our prophetic stuff that doesn't come to pass, it's, it's just because we're living, choosing to live in rubbish. 
rather than living in the, the truth of what God is saying. So I think that is all I have to say. Any any questions, comments, prophetic words that have or haven't come true or stuff you don't understand or don't agree with? If you've had prophetic words, revisit them. Um, I think the value... I, I don't place value on them because that is what dictates my life. I don't make my decisions entirely based on prophetic words. I'm not, you know, I'm not completely gullible to what everybody tells me in a prophetic word. I, I weigh it. But I do... It does help me on my faith journey because it, it's one additional thing that helps you make faith decisions, I would say. So, um, I'll, I'll keep you. I'll keep you hanging on. I'll tell you another story when I talk next week about you know my journey out of medicine and 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 all the healing stuff. I'll tell you that next time. I'll keep you waiting. <laughs> Anything else? Sorry, I was just going to um, say what I did with my um, prophetic words. You know, I was telling you about that, that picture. I've just got a photograph of it. And this is the picture that Stefan Dries um, gave. So it's like Peter walking on the water towards Jesus. But what I've done, what I did was just as a, an exercise one day, was I went through my prophetic words and then I, I um, narrowed it down to the main, like, main points and then I've wrote the main points out and stuck it on there so that um, whenever I have a maybe a sort of like a, a moment of I don't know if this is going to work or how's it going to work or I'm feeling a bit rubbish today I can get this out and I can remind myself what God said over me so it's like a, for me it's like a visual um, with the main the main points all around it so um, like we said, record it, but it's it's good to review it and maybe summarise it um, and just you know what is God, what is God saying? And yeah, keep it stirred up. Is it? Isn't it? Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gifts. Mm -hmm. They were laid on through the laying on of hands and prophecy, mm -hmm. wasn't it? So so Paul actually said to Timothy, stir up the gifts. Um, stir up your prophetic words, you know, like get enthusiastic about it. So sometimes it's it's really good just to remind ourselves what God has said. Um, I'm going to raise the dead as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if ever I drop dead, come and sort me out. <laughs> I've tried a few times. <laughs> we had quite a bit of <laughs> opportunity in relation for that, but so far, <laughs> no success. I tried to pray for my fish once. Just so, well, it's practiced on something, but it didn't work. Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.